Oh, and welcome to French Football Weekly Podcast. My name is Chris and I'm happy to report that the weather is still fantastic in the UK. Hopefully it will be the same for my guest this evening. Uh, welcome in, Phil. Phil, how is it, uh, the, that side of the water? Is it all sparkly and happy and shiny? It's, um, so it's 26 degrees at the moment, but I, that still didn't stop my small neighbour friend from taking his Spider-Man umbrella with him out on a dog walk just to be on the safe side. <laughs> Smart kid. There you go. Absolutely. 26. It's 19 here, according to my computer. I think it's a bit more. I think it's more like 21, 22. But uh, all I can confirm is having popped out for four and a half miles run this afternoon, it was very, very sweaty. So it, it is proper warm here. But I'm not going to moan because I'm going swimming tomorrow and I need it to stay hot. Anyway, we um, we are a little bit late this week due to sort of commitments uh, throughout the pod. And you may notice obviously Jez isn't with us tonight. Uh, he's got a work commitment. So Phil and I are going to delve into the weekends and Liga and uh, have a look at where the stories are developing because um, a few things have happened that have sort of rounded things off and a few things remain un- or unclosed, I should say, as we head into the final game of the season. Um, we should give a little nod to the Parisians, Phil, shouldn't we, to start with? They are officially, PSG this is, they are officially League of champions. Um, no surprises here. Maybe it, it, I, I, it's a, a, couple of, a couple of weeks ago, um, the Football Clichés pod, which I love and everyone else should love, um, had did a piece on the annoyance of mathematical when it comes to having your uh, getting the title or something, because we all know PSG were going to do it. <laughs> the only thing that could happen for it not to be mathematically certain was for them to lose two games on the spin, lost to win two games on the spin, and for there to be about a 20-goal swing on the goal difference. <laughs> So we all knew it wasn't going to happen, but you still couldn't actually say it until this weekend. But, I mean, it works out okay for PSG because obviously they get to have, you know, big um, celebrations at home stadium, or do they? Because Mm. obviously of the uh, very unfortunate news about their their goalkeeper who went back to, I think, Sevilla, um, where he's from um, after last weekend's game and had a a very nasty accident, got a head injury, still in hospital. So PSG is kind of dialing down uh, the end of the the season celebrations, shall we say, because obviously uh, Rico is... You know, it's a serious situation. So obviously wish him and family well and uh, hope it sounds hopeful. um, But obviously it's something you don't want to, you know, ignore or or take for granted. So hopefully we get good news, better news um, on that very soon. Yeah, well said. Um, they they did uh, they did get over the line. It wasn't it wasn't quite a Bundesliga situation where uh, sort of Dortmund, you know, kind of threw it away on the final day. As you, as you rightly say, we knew PSG were going to to clutch up in the end, and they got it 
rather sort of um, it's almost like a both clubs, they being PSG and, and the, the opposition being Strasbourg, it ended in a one-all draw and it, it felt like the last 15 minutes, both sort of sides looked at each other and went, you happy? Yeah. You yeah, happy? I, yeah. And that was you know. exactly what I was thinking. I mean, Matt Sells was good again yeah, in goal for Strasbourg. Um, PSG went ahead to Messi, uh, which obviously um, it might be for him to get the goal actually sealed title yeah. Yeah, is kind of cool but then uh, our old friend uh, Kevin Gamero got the equaliser with about 10 minutes to go around the whole place because it was at Strasbourg went crazy so I think they're happy PSG obviously happy so yeah that all kind of worked out as an everyone's the winner situation yeah absolutely and um, off the back of that as I say PSG are indeed champions I think it's a record oh, I've 11th. 11th there you go record they've just gone past Saint-Etienne who of course are elsewhere at yes the <laughs> and will remain so, so next season more yeah. on Liga later on but a um, couple of things have come out since that result of PSG becoming champions you mentioned Sergio Rico news which is very sad um, also sort of somewhat sad maybe for the league is that Christophe Galtier has confirmed that, that Leo Messi, we all kind of knew, um, mm. but in a press conference today, he said it's been a pleasure managing the best player in, in the world, but he will be leaving at the end of the season. So that is now confirmed. His destination as of yet remains unclear, although I, I have a suspicion that Barcelona will find a few dodgy notes down the back of the sofa, allegedly. Um, so his future is secure. Um, and rather more importantly, I guess, is for, for PSG, Kylian Mbappe has come out publicly for the first time, stating that he will be with the uh, Parisian club next season in Liga and, of course, the Champions League. Does that force PSG's hand a little bit, do you think? Because he's hmm. in the final year of his deal and he can walk away for free or they have to sell him either in the summer or at the very worst January. Yeah, and I think it it forces the hand, but not necessarily towards selling him because I think if they did decide to cash in and sell him, there would be riots, frankly. So, yeah, they're kind of over a financial barrel now. Mm. But they, they sort of created that barrel as well, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. It's, you make your financial fair play bed and you lie on it. And you set fire to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... From a personal perspective, and I'm sure you'd agree, like I'm happy that he's in the league next season. You know, I oh, want to see the best players. And and who knows? Like maybe, just maybe, PSG will get the house in order this summer and actually bring in the right players in the right positions and have a real tilt at the Champions League. Um, but, who, I mean, who knows? that The future of Gautier hasn't been announced yet, but I think it seems fairly likely that he will move on. Um, there's a certain Portuguese manager who lost a final last night that yeah. I have a suspicion will will end up rocking up in Paris. If, if well, he... no, um, I was thinking, given the Tudor news. Yeah, we'll talk I mean, that, come on. I mean, he's uh, a perfect or, fit for Marseille, isn't he? Organising a punch up and then swearing at a referee in a car park is OM vibes. Isn't right? it just? The style of play. Possibly less so. I yeah. can see a lot of OM fans being not happy if that were to happen, but that, I think, just possibly makes it funnier. Yeah. So we will it. wait and see. You never yeah. know. He might end up at loss. 
he might yeah yeah absolutely um let, let's touch on that situation then let's move on to to Lens and uh, more importantly in, in a minute Marseille focusing on Lens first of all then Champions League is secured we knew that but they've now wrapped up second spot uh, in Liga. the absolute some... joy yes. on full time at was, uh, the Stabolet was amazing I mean they were playing Ajatio who have not been good mm. but even still um, and obviously all of these matches happened simultaneously on Saturday and I think this was the first time that Amazon Prime has had to do this Yeah, and it was all ten matches simultaneously and it was utter chaos and the only kind of downside to this was the guy who was on co-coms for this match was the most kind of depressed sounding Eeyore-like person ever. I don't know who it was, but he was just constantly grumbling. Um, whereas everybody else on the pitch, in the stands, on the sidelines, the other commentator were just absolutely delighted with what Lance had done. Five wins on the spin and second place straight into the Champions League group stage. I mean, they are delighted with that as well they should. And I think it's a bit sad that, as I said, he's going to leave because... I think we all wanted to see this loss in the Champions League. Now, they're obviously going to lose some of their big players, but you kind of hope that under him, it would continue. If they're not going to have the big players because they've been sold and they're not going to have the manager, then it's going to be a very different proposition. So I just think that's a bit sad, but I completely understand it from his point of view. Like this was, you know, a state of grace season basically for Lance. So, and he's clearly a very good manager and if he wants to step up to someone else, then fine. But you would have thought taking Lance into the Champions League would be... Could be a vibe, wouldn't it? Especially after he was very much one of the key reasons why Seiko Fofana resigned. And you'd think like <laughs> for him to then... And, and he's got such an integral part, this, this him being Frank Hans. He's... Um, you know, he. I think he looks after the women's team. I think he looks after some of the financial side of things. He looks after seemingly the tea tea room and everything. He literally, he's a bit of an Arsenal Wenger character at Lons, and um, you know, you you do feel that he's been. Quite maybe he's just tired. Well, that that's and also true. Panty's an easier job, like I don't know, Tottenham or something. But but that's that's the question I was going to put to you, isn't it? Is do you not find it strange that he's not really been linked with jobs like Tottenham? I mean, I would very well, much. Dis- I was having that, this yeah. conversation the other day that somebody was pointing out that Tottenham just keep going for these big names, despite mm. the fact it's not worked. And I pointed out, you know, Frank Ayres, they're not going to touch him mm. because he's not got the profile that that project wants, mm. which is seems to me a really kind of daft way to go around things. But so that means where, where can he end up? Um, I, I feel like somewhere like West Ham, I mean, I know David Moyes is employed and I don't want to do him out of a job, but there seems to be a growing discussion around him potentially moving on. I know Paolo Fonseca has been linked with that job as well, but I, I, I sort of feel like 
Frank Hayes has done such a good job that a team like Tottenham, putting my biases aside, I would worry that he would go in and who was the French fella who managed Tottenham before? Um, not the French, Juan de Ramos. Um, I wonder if there would be a case of that, you know, where, yes, he did brilliantly, um, you know, at his club in France, but then went to a club and then realised how much politics there was. And I feel like Tottenham is a club of, you know, it's a mess at the moment. Whereas you, you think that Rangers would be smart enough to exactly. recognise yeah. that kind of thing and back away. That's exactly it. And, yeah. Unless, of course, there's a club in, I mean, I wonder if Nice might take a look. Because there, there seems to be that they're gonna, you're gonna start their project again, and um, I don't, I can't see again, going again. Back. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> Ineos wake up on one side of the bed and make decisions for another day, and then it all changes. Um, what, what, what about? Here's a controversial one. Then we we touched on or we hinted at it from the off announcement today from OM from Marseille. Igor Tudor is going mm. to step down from his role as head coach citing both personal and professional reasons, <clears throat> Juventus. I think that means um, he's pissed off on several levels. Yeah. Um, I, uh, my parents came to stay two weeks ago and um, we enjoyed watching football because it was chucking it down, funnily enough, for their, um, uh, for their summer holiday here. And Igor Tudor was being interviewed. And of course, he speaks in English when he's being interviewed. Um, so that was easier for them to get a hold of. Um, but my dad took one look at him because he's a big guy and just said, bloody hell, you'd do what he told you to do, wouldn't you? And I think I appreciate from Mo Ali and several other of our um, OM supporting friends that things have not been excellent this season, but fucking hell, I'm... He'd done a good job, and there was a, um, I think Lequeep put out a tweet saying Marseille are condemned to third place. I'm like, that's a ridiculous thing to say. They're in basically second or third, half and half throughout the season. They've never been outside the top five. All of this bitching about not getting into Europe, they are... They, if they just have to qualify and then Champions League again, it seems good to me. I mean, I know they might have thought with Leon not being up to snuff, with Lille and Nice not being as they were, with Monaco being you know, a bit weird, that they would have hoped to challenge for the title. They did, mm. though. And it was just Lance having, as I say, a kind of state of grace season that um, that got them second and, and Marseille in third. But third place is still really good. So I'm slightly confused by that. And you're just thinking, who will they get next? And if it is Mourinho, God help me. Mm. And the, the Bonnier and the Velodrome, frankly, because, yeah. I, th I think there's more to this than meets the eye. I say Juventus are going through a lot of change at the moment. There's talk that Allegri's going to move on, and I feel Changing like... Changing points total, above. Well, yeah, that's also, yeah. Um, but he feel, he's a former Juventus player. Um, his heart, like Jess said last week, has been in Italy for the longest time. And you just, you just felt all the way through the season that some of the 
Pablo Longoria is one of those characters that his facial expression gives him away a lot. And he's on camera a lot. And you just got that feeling that all was not quite right there in terms of, you know, whether it is the disagreement over the transfers that were scheduled for the summer or the transfers that did come in or the players that maybe, I mean, who knows, like maybe, um, maybe uh, someone like Dimitri Payet and his situation has had a bearing on this. You know, if he went to the president and said, I, you know, this guy isn't for me or whatever, you, you just don't know, do you? It just feels like there's more to What's it than that you phrase, vesting bitch face? That's the one, yeah. And as you said, you know, I... I don't think I would I would be speaking to Tudor directly, but if uh, behind the scenes it's been made known that they, they don't want to re-sign him. And I thought even the statement from Marseille was very, very bland, cut and dry. You know, we, we, we can confirm that we appreciate what he has done, but that's it. You know, there wasn't really much to that statement. So it mm. it doesn't doesn't it feels like something's unusual on for them. Yeah, oh. I know. Yeah, I thought we'd have got like four paragraphs of or four sorry four books worth of paragraphs but yeah it's, it's a strange one um marseille themselves uh, lost at home to brest and the most marseille of marseille things ever at the weekend yep. um they lost 2-1 at the velodrome their home form ironically has been their downfall this season and that is what has handed uh lost that second place so um busy summer for marseille what about the chase for europe then because that suddenly got very interesting over the weekend because uh-huh. Monaco lost again. More importantly, they lost to Rennes, who leapfrogged them in the table. And we also saw Lille beat uh, Nantes, who we'll come on to in a minute, which moves Lille up to fourth in the table. Uh, Leon are just sniffing the coattails of Monaco, but I don't believe unless they score something like 50 goals, no. they can't get into Europe now. But no. yeah, are we gonna see us are we gonna see a final day of the season where where Monaco drop out of Europe altogether because that would be catastrophic for for the already under pressure Clement. I feel like he's going to be getting, going to be getting the boot. I think um, obviously the key game here was Lille Nantes mm. uh, because that was kind of important at both ends of the table and also because how it panned out because Nantes obviously are um, trying to stay up and the other team. Um, that's uh, down there and struggling is Auxerre, who got a 1-1 draw away at Toulouse. Mm. Um, but not went ahead to Cantor Muller, who's in uh, the under-21 squad, I think. We'll come on to them later. And Leo were basically asleep for the first half. It took until the 30th minute for them to have their first shot and that was iron wide. Um, and clearly there was some form of, um, uh, should we say, motivational speaking at half time. And they looked a bit better in the second half. Um, Jonathan David got two penalties, um, but one of which there was a lot of fuss about because um, after the equaliser, there was another penalty given. And David stepped up to take it. And Albert Lafont made an amazing save. The TV yeah. team could not stop talking about this save. But he'd been off his line. Yeah. Now, not egregiously so, but those are the rules. Yep. That's what happens. And the ref said it has to be retaken. And David scored the retake. Now, the first thing was, 
Lafont looked so pissed off before the first one <laughs> that I did not think he was going to be able to get his head together to actually do anything, and then he pulled that out of there. And I actually thought the referee did a decent job because, like I said, it's a dumb rule, but it had to happen. Mm-hmm. But he, if he was in a bitchy mood, he could have booked at least five non-players after that for coming up and arguing with him, you know, touching him, getting really in his face, and he just clearly knew how important this was to them. Some of them were nearly in tears at this point because mm. it could send them down, and he just kind of calmed everything down and moved on. So I thought the ref was good there, but, yeah, that was um, a really kind of heartrending thing to watch one of the not players was pleading mm. I mean he was almost on his knees pleading uh, about that decision and it was a very kind of awkward thing to watch so Lille came out the winners in their last home game of the season I had a brief conversation with um, Big Boss Andrew Gibney who was like the shite in the first half Imagine that in a Glaswegian accent, and it? it's way closer to what actually happened. Yeah. So the fact that they came out with that from that with three points to put them into fourth, yeah. um, going into the last day was a bit lucky on mm. their front, and that means that not remain in the uh, last of the relegation places, two points behind Auxerre. Yeah. So their last games are going to be huge. And Nantes play Angers, who are hopeless. Yeah. Although and playing with freedom, it has to be said. Auxerre play Lance. Yeah. But to be fair, Lance may still be pissed at that point. So who knows? Does... That will be an interesting kind of final day. Uh, final day uh, competition to see who is the fourth to go yeah. down. It does, does make you wonder, though, doesn't it? Like you said, Nantes were you know, beside themselves in this game and so passionate. If they'd have shown half of that passion in the last six to 12 weeks, they wouldn't be in this mess. It's all very well doing it at the end of the season. And I think like we said a few weeks ago, we were talking about what, who between Osair and Nantes would go down. And we, we all said, don't expect Osair to get points in the last two games. But... I think, as I said at the time, I stand by it. Yeah, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure that uh, that Nantes are going to get any points in the last two games, and that is very much a possibility now. Like you say, I think if they can't beat Angers in the final game of the season, they don't deserve to stay up. Facts. Um, and then as for Osea, and you know, their <clears throat> excuse me, their their one-one draw with Toulouse at the weekend, I, I sort of feel like they'll feel disappointed ju- just in the yeah, fact that they were if, leading. If, if they can just get a draw. Yeah, with Lance, they're good because yeah, there's a seven-goal swing there. Yeah. Um, unless there's anything dry. The other one at the bottom of the table because Angers won their first game in God did. knows how long. Uh, they were September. playing Trois, who were also down, but this was kind of the it's all moot derby. Mm. But there were some great goals in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Chevalier first, and who was Abdeli? Abdeli, yeah, that's his second goal in a week, isn't it? That's it, yeah. 
So there were two superb long-range goals, and you're just like, huh? Yeah. Um, it was the classic end of the season work? affair. Yeah. And um, Angers won with a 90th-minute uh, goal from Riley Sarr. So, you know, I think last last home game of the season, at least they've gone out with a win, which is one of only four wins of the season. It's so, something. yeah, I think they they confirmed their coach as well, didn't they? Uh, for, for next season, so at least there's a bit of stability in in there now. But yeah, sadly, they are long since departed from from Liga. Um, very much an end of season feel in in that particular game. But um, that's where we where we know going into the end of the season. And like like you said, it, it is between Nantes and I'll say Nantes with that home game against Angers. These are all going to be games again at eight, eight o'clock on the third, which is the Saturday, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then I'll say hosting Lons. A lot of people have been saying that that Lons will probably wipe the floor with us just because they're so good. Uh, I I tend to think Lons might have the sun loungers out in this game. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that they will just, you know, I'm not saying they won't try. I think they will, but I think if it really comes down to it, I'll say I can get, like you said, at least the draw that they need. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if they won the game, if I'm honest. I just feel like Lons are going to be long, hard season, you know, lots to come in the summer. We can take the foot off the gas a bit. You know, they, there's no pressure on them to perform, is there? No, I mean, they're completely safe where they are. Um, very happy. They're playing away from home. And so they're I. I agree with you. I think Boxer can get a point here. I wouldn't yeah. say a win, but I'd say the point, and that could be sufficient. Yeah. I'll, I'll nail my colours to the mass then. I'll, I'm going to say that they win. I'll say that they win. I'll probably be massively wrong because I usually am. And I hope I I hope they don't get slaughtered 8-0 now because if they do, that'll come back on me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope for Angus Tarode is a big Boxer fan. Just for him alone, I hope I hope Boxer stay up. Uh, and I've got nothing against Nantes other than their president and maybe a few things to do with that and him. But that said, yeah, I think I think it'd just be a nice story for Oxair to survive, given their uh, their rise to the league at the end of last season. So good stuff. Um, just to kind of round up the um, rest of... Yeah. Sorry, go on. I, can I just mention, um, as we're in the roundup, Clermont mm. beat yes. Lorient 2-0. Uh, did you, you, have, you had to. You just had I, to. I, I had to because there was some hilarious stuff in this as well, which was Lorient got a penalty. Maury Dior saved it mm, brilliantly. Mm. He's a big guy as well, isn't he? Mm -hmm. um, but his save then meant he could pump the ball up the pitch, which ended up with Cowie, who got the first goal on the stroke of half time. Mm. For Clermont, so that was uh, a crazy couple of minutes of football. And what I also liked was when um, Coffrier got second for Clermont, um, the TV team <laughs> said, and he's the most famous horse. No, the second most famous ginger Belgian footballer, <laughs> <laughs> because they clearly remembered that um, a certain Mr. De Bruyne exists. So yeah. that was obviously not a great end of the season for your guys, but for Clermont, and a really good finish there in eighth now. I, I think they've been 
really good. They I think it, I think that's a massive, uh, massive story. That I think they're I mean, going to be the sacrificial lambs at the Parc des Princes on Saturday. But yeah, I think they'll be happy with how things have turned out. I mean, um, as as well as Lorient have done this season, and let's not forget, at one point we were second in the league. You know, in mm-hmm. the early, before the World Cup, long time ago. Labrice has done a brilliant job there, and, and uh, you know I'm I'm very much appreciative of what he's done. Rams have had a fantastic season under Will Still and rightfully got praise. Um, but then when you look at the table, you know Leon in seventh, albeit six points above Clermont, Nice below Clermont, Montpellier below Clermont, Brest, Strasbourg, Auxerre, Nantes. You know Clermont literally were supposed to be the whipping boys when they got promoted and here they are two years down the line and they're finishing you know not far off Europe it's a massive story for such a no disrespect such a small club and in terms of location and geographical size I just think it's a massive and players like Cowie I mean he's been he's been really good this year I think he's in a underrated talent and again you wonder if a few of those players might get I don't think they're going to get Premier League or whatever I, I feel like clubs above them in France, will be having a look at some of their players. Yeah, who was the well, lad who I, went I to think, Neil? You know, bottom half Premier League. Mm. Maybe I mean I don't see any of them going to the big guns, as it no. were. But there's um, a couple of teams coming up that will yep. have to do some reorganisation. A couple of teams hanging around mm. who are going to have to do likewise. Mm. But yes, I think there's um, some definite. Um, definite uh, potential there. I just, you mentioned Montpellier and Nice in one sentence. So I just have to mm-hmm. bitch about the fact that Montpellier threw away another good lead. Yep. They were 2 0 up at half time, a double from Teji to Savanier. And then Nice, uh, no, sorry, they were 2 1 up because Barkley scored in the ninth minute. And then yeah, Nice came back with the double from ex Montpellier player, gave him the board. So mm. that was not a happy end to uh, the season at Marseille, frankly, doing that again. It's the old phrase first half good, second half nuts. No, not so good indeed. Um, I've just tried. I've tried to think of the guy, the chap who Lille signed from from Clermont, who got all the goals. Of course, it's Mohamed Bayo. Um, things haven't really worked out for him since that move, but that's the sort of move that I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be uh, surprised to see someone like a Cowie maybe going to. And wasn't Cowie? Does my my brain deceive me? Wasn't he at Marseille before Clermont picked him up? I think it was Marseille. I might have to check that. Um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and yes, he was youth. youth that's right. Player. That's right. I, th- I thought he was, yeah, because they thought quite highly of him. I think he was a little Very bit miffed that they let him go. Yeah. So there you go. Christ, weird what the brain does to remember of these things. He was um, like to Cannes and then joined Clermont. Yeah, and has had a yeah, wonderful, a wonderful place season. for has got a decent number of caps for Tunisia now. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, he's well well capped, isn't he? Um, a couple of other results then that we haven't covered. We mentioned Angers beating Troyes, uh, the Montpellier game. Uh, that big win for Rennes over Monaco um, just sort of sets up a, a final day for Rennes to potentially get back in the Champions League. Nice to see Lovro Meyer back on the score sheet. And I mean, Guiri's having a nice finish to the season after his hat-trick last week. He got on the score sheet in this one again. So a uh, big win that for, for Rennes as they head into the final game of the season away at Brest where they could uh, secure 
fifth. I could even leapfrog Lille into fourth, depending on results. Um, Toulouse, I'll say, we mentioned obviously 1-1. And I think the only other game we didn't mention was Lyon beating Rams by two goals, uh, sorry, three goals to nil. Yes, uh, and only- a double of assists for Barcola, yeah. who we and- may also come on to later. I think mm. that was that was a, a good end-of-term party at Lyon yeah. as well. They... Um, they seem to have renamed the stadium after all us for this yeah. one by virtue of sellotaping um, uh, banners, banners over various bits of the stadium. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was good, but I mean, the situation they're in being out of Europe unless yeah. something absolutely ridiculous happens. Yeah. Um, is something that obviously is going to hurt. And do, do, so we do you just, know what? But Blanc is staying on. Yes, exactly. So that, that's been... That's a good thing, it? you know, build, keep building. But that, that's look why... At, I, look at I, the under-21 side and everything, and it's like, Leon, Leon, um, Leon. Um, and that's what they're good at, and that's what they really need to keep doing. Yeah. Well, that, that's why I, I actually tend to sort of slightly disagree on the Europe thing because although obviously they're a prestigious club and and have one of the sexiest kits known to mankind which they debuted in this game by the way look it up it's lovely um I just feel like a season away from the European distraction might actually be a good thing for Leon you know I'd I'd love I'd love to see them really push on and I think we all know that PSG are going to start favourites for the league as they always do but I'd love to see Leon sort of get back up there with the Marseilles of this world and really challenge for that second spot again yeah, I think we're looking at this season has been one of weird transition. Yeah. But I'm not sure that two seasons of that would be accepted. Yeah. So they really have to, as you say, come out. Yeah. Be challenging early doors next season to be getting back up there. But yeah. I think what we've seen this season with with Lens, with how close it is for the European spots right now, is the league, if you ignore the juggernaut, it's really quite tight. Very competitive, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. agreed. Yeah, Yeah, it is. And when you look around Europe and, you know, you see how, how uncompetitive the Premier League is this season and... I think you know, this is the first time in what twelve years that Germany's been tight and Bayern still end up winning it. You know, it, it's. Oh, I think it's. I, uh, I wanted to cry. <laughs> I think most, I mean, most got, people in Dortmund did as well. Basically, I got no uh, skin in that game at all. No, no, but same. just watching that. Yeah. yeah, I kind of wanted it for for Seb Haller, and it was a shame that he had to be the one that missed that spot kick. But uh, hey ho, um, hey ho. Another just a bit of comedic effect wasn't the best days in that get that Leon game for uh, Agbadu, who um, put through his own net in in two minutes and was sent oh. off after fifty four. wasn't wasn't his best day at the office. I think it's fair to say. Um, and and a tip of the hat to Alexandre Lacazette as well, who once again got on the score sheet. His stats this season are are phenomenal, aren't they? I mean, like just to to come back from that season at Arsenal and. And or a couple of seasons at Arsenal, I should He's say. Only one behind and back. They've been yeah. playing this um, 
a little duel between themselves on who's going to get top scorer. And at the moment, it's Mbappe on 28 and Lacazette mm. on 27. And Lacazette had one chalked off in that game as well. So yeah, for offside, yeah. It's the assists. celebrations then a lot of... It's the assists as well, though, isn't it? Because like you said, Mbappe, 28 goals, six assists. Lacazette, 27 yeah. goals, five assists. So it's not like, you know, he, he's helped to create as well as score. I mean, Jonathan David as well should give him a mention, 24 goals, four assists, and Lois Appender, who we all agree is going to move on, 20 and three assists, and Balogun, 20 and two assists. So there's been some really good goal scorers this season. Mm. Eli Wahi, another good good season for him, oh, 17 yeah. and five. So, yeah, there's some some really big names um, pulling through there, but really lovely to see Lacazette just enjoying his football again, because I think at the end of his, his yeah. time at Arsenal, he, he wasn't really used correctly. So it's nice to see him doing well and and taking those young players under his wing, it's it's quite wholesome. Mm. Um, anyway, let's um, should we should we have a because we aren't going to spend a huge amount of time on this. Should we just touch on the LFP awards? They were they were handed out last week. Mm. Um, Franke's no argument from us, coach of the year. I think that was very. Um, very the thing deserved. was when you there, there was a kind of a public vote, so when you voted, you could see what the current percentage was of the public vote and when I voted I think Frank has had nearly 90% of the mm. vote yeah and it was that was obvious and Andree Samba got the goalkeeping one also belongs yeah. um which Again, I thought it? was was um very merited I yeah. think on the best player they had a Pender and Fafana in there, and maybe split the vote a bit. I voted Fafana because you know me. Yes. Nothing flashy, you know, just a fax man. Yeah. Um, but that was obviously Killian Mbappe got best player again. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, on young player, it was Nuno Mendes. Yeah, I didn't. PSG didn't, got it. Remy Cabela got involved in this a bit. Ex- Montpellier, obviously, and he was saying, but look at what he's done. Yeah. Like 17 goals in his first senior season. But you could also say, look at what Barkula's done. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing for Lyon, just assist after assist and such a genius player. Mm. So he got actually best goal of the season, so that's cool. Mm. But I did see Lolcat's point about... Um, the young player, I think Nuno Mendes, yeah, he's been good, but he's not been the kind of game-changing, make-you-sit-up kind no. of player that that some of the others were. I I, I think he is good. I just don't. Mm. Th- I, I don't think he has been good this season. Do you know what I mean? I think he's a hugely yeah. talented player and he's key to PSG's future. But he he hasn't done. I think. Um, Frankowski, for example, at Lons has had a far yeah. better season at fullback, you know, um, didn't even get a mention. So, and and the team, the team that they put out, a few of them I think are fair. I mean, Somber in goal, uh, Mendes himself at left back, Hakimi at right back, I, I will never understand um, for on the pitch reasons, I should stress. Um, and Bember and Kevin Danso at centre back, hard to argue with that, although Medina probably could have got a shout as well. Uh, Kefren Turam in midfield, 100%. Seiko Fafana, the same. Valentin Rongier, I, I, I like him as a player, but really? Uh, I'm not sure about that one. And then a front three of Mbappe, Openda and Messi. 
I personally wouldn't have had Messi, but I get the um, yeah. sort of reasons why. Obviously, they're going to put Messi in because of the clout. But for me, why he should be in that as well. And yeah, I just maybe even an argument for Alexis Sanchez, who's been you know, revolutionary for Marseille in the season where they mm. once again didn't have a striker. So yeah, um, mention for Harry Diaw at Strasbourg as well. Crucial goals in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Balogun nowhere near the team either. I think this is the problem. You have to no. whittle it down to Quite five, a few that and then, and you don't have. Yeah, there isn't. There's best player, best young player, best goalkeeper. You don't have best defender, best midfielder, which I always think would be more interesting because mm. there's always a kind of um, uh, a. It leaned towards going for the attacking players, and that's why yeah. I think Soko Fafana didn't get the credit he deserves for yeah. the absolutely superb performances he's put in this year. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's where someone like Rongier comes in because, oh, yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's been but good. In a kind not... of unobtrusive but very dependable way. Mm. And so that's kind of how that works out. I think one thing we were discussing on, in the WhatsApp group was obviously best French player playing abroad was yeah. Aaron Benzema. Yeah, um, I mean, how? <laughs> like, and yeah, apparently this, he's off to Saudi now as well, isn't he? But, but this is something that just happens. He's yeah. got a lot of support being binned from Le Bleu. Yeah. Now, twice is a big thing. He yep. has a lot of support and you know, I can only speak for where I live, but you wander around and there are more Real Madrid shirts than anything else and they've mm. all got Benzema written on the back. There is there is that kind of sense that they're going to vote for him until he retires, basically. Yeah. Which isn't so far away. Yeah, but one actually sad um, situation coming out of these was the best women's player in Divan was Delphine Cascarina, who plays for OL. Yeah. Unfortunately, she will not be at the World Cup because she's done her ACL. Yeah, a long now, list of ACL we've, injuries. Yeah. We, we've heard, uh, particularly Arsenal has <laughs> Medima um, several yeah, and this is this is becoming a big problem, and there are actually now conversations happening about how women should train, and how physios and trainers should be aware that muscle structure and mm. bone structure is different in a yeah. lot of cases, and to try to avoid these kind of career-jeopardising injuries happening any longer. Because Dolphin Cascarino is a fabulous player. She will be a huge miss for France at the World Cup. Mm. And it's just really, really sad that um, what should have been a a great season for her, getting domestic double and heading into the World Cup has really been not down by this injury that she's got. So I really hope that everything goes well there. But, yeah, that was a a kind of a sad reminder that things 
things can go horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, I was interested to, I was reading an article on, um, because you know me, I I like the kits and the equipment. I was reading a quite interesting article on the women's game where they were talking about the boots. And the, the, there are there are now like the, the leading manufacturers like Nike, um, Adidas, and Puma are, are all now making uh, female specific boots because of the different oh, bone structures oh, of, of women's feet. Time, right? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It, it's a bit like we. I think I remember some time ago, but we had a, a bit of a laugh about how um, the ma- male players kind of uh, customise their socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about, you think about, you know, the, the, the wicking and the aerodynamicism and all of that stuff about everything else they're wearing, yeah. but not the socks. And yeah. it's like, in the women's game, they still need shoes. And it's just, it's kind of depressing um, and don't get me started on the fact that nobody knows how we're going to watch the world cup in the oh, summer yeah, yeah it's still up in the air isn't it um yeah yeah it's not much clearer not much clearer on that decision is it which is, is not ideal but yeah i do think i do tend to agree i think you know the world has come a long way in terms of sports therapy and whatnot but there's definitely uh, something in this ACL situation in the women's game that is, mm. I know Arsenal are doing a lot of work into finding out what's the cause, but yeah, um, it will be interesting. And um, and as for Benzema, um, yeah, there is talk that he oh, is going to leave Real Madrid. Um, and uh, and maybe, maybe a nice payday in Saudi. Some When he retires, there'll be a lot of information about that World Cup situation, I suspect, to come out of that. Um, but as for... Is or ghost written autobiography? Yeah, yeah. Going to be a bomb. Written, written by Richard Keys or something. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> bombshells. Yes, so. isn't it? And I suspect that Didier Deschamps or would not come out. Or by Mathieu well, Valbuena. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Recorded on film by Matthew Vibrenner, um, allegedly. Yeah, uh, and as for players abroad, I mean, I can think of Colin Moani um, and. Um, uh, who's the other one that came to mind? Christopher Nkunku had quite a long spell injured, but came back strong in the second half of the Bundesliga. There's a couple straight off the bat that were Frenchmen abroad who had wonderful seasons. Coman, Upper Magana. Coman, yeah, of course. Yeah, Upper Magana, yeah, absolutely. But um, hey ho, awards are what awards are. Shall we dip into League 2? Because um, that, that's yeah, got very exciting all of a sudden. Because again, 10-game multiplex, and this was on Friday. Mm. Oh, my God. I, I was, was winding think- Jez up because <laughs> I, I was I was like, that's a winning. I, I was thinking, oh, I'll just watch this. It'll be nice and relaxing. Absolutely not. So yeah. we went into this because there's only two come up this season because of the whole VJIG So we had Le Havre on 71. Bordeaux yeah. on 69 and Metz, Jez's favourites, on 66. Mm. Now, Love were playing Bastia, who were fourth, couldn't, didn't stand any chance of going up, but it's their last home game of the season. And I think we all know what a home game at Bastia can be like, even if it's not the last home game of the season. So that ended up as a 1 1 draw. And frankly, Love were a bit lucky to get that because there was a foul in the build up to the Um 
so they aren't 72, they're still top. Bordeaux managed to lose away at Annecy of yeah. the cup run that we remember and didn't look massively convincing. Meanwhile, Mess got um, a 1-0 win away at Socha. Yeah, so they go equal on points on 69, but their goal difference is better. But yeah. all of the goal difference here is also really tight. So this was a really, really exciting end. There wasn't any big scoring matches, but it did seem to be changing quite a lot. And a lot of yelling and switching of the camera angles and whatever. So when we look at, you know, how that's going to pan out, mm. ooh, all, all still to play for. It's on a knife edge, isn't it? Like, yeah. And, and like, what's, I don't know what's happened to Love's form. I mean, two losses and a draw in the last three. It's almost like they've just felt the pressure at exactly the wrong time. And as you said, you know, they're heading into the final game of the season. Um, they are, I think, I believe they're guaranteed to go up now but um, not potentially as champions, depending on the last game of results. Um, yes, they're definitely going up. Yeah, because um, their goal difference is so superior, isn't it? The um, the final games for those three, then Bordeaux host Rodet. Uh, so Bordeaux currently in third. Um, you've got, uh, just looking down the list, I can't find the Mets. Mets against Bastia. That's tough for Jez's boys, though, because Bastia are currently fourth. Um, they are at home, so that is a, a tough one. And love against Dijon. That's the thing I think will make the difference. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And and if love win that game, which you know, obviously they would like to to win the title, that will, would send Dijon down. And this is did the Dijon who were formerly in Liga, and we've already lost Nîmes from uh, from Liga. They're going down as well. They were also former Liga team. Um, so two, I wouldn't say, you know, Giants, but two former Liga teams in recent history are, well, one's gone and another one is facing going Dijon down. Another a decent run of form, though, and that's where I yeah. think that despite Love being at home, mm. they might pull something out of that bag. Yeah. But as you said, Bordeaux are playing Rodez. Yeah. Rodez haven't won since forever yeah basically and only just above the um uh the relegation zone so. yeah goal difference alone from laval in 17th yeah and I, th- I think i think i'm right in saying any up to valenciennes in 13th could go because they're they are on 45 points annecy 45 Bau 44 red 43 laval 43 dijon 42 so depending on the circumstances any of those could go. So, um, that's oh, quite basically, Friday night this week could be worth, yeah, tomorrow. It is going to be yelling and cross cutting and uh, an AV editor having an absolute connection. Yeah. And, and we're recording this on the Thursday. So, it is tomorrow at time of recording. So, um, if you are in the UK and, and you do have a, a passing interest, all of the League Dirt games, I believe, are broadcast on all of the major betting providers so you can you don't have to deposit or anything you if you just have an account you can watch those games live so um in the uk that is uh, i'm not promoting betting but uh yeah if you have an account then you can log in and watch those which i will be doing tomorrow evening myself so 
Yeah, good stuff. And and um, a couple of big names just missing out this year. Bastia in fourth, Khan in fifth, and Sosho in sixth. Gangon seventh. The thing is, when you think of Bastia's recent history, mm. the fact that they've made their way back up to League this Dirt stage, yeah, it's astonishing. The fact mm. they're fourth is astonishing. They were yeah. basically bankrupt and out of business. Everybody yeah. was a volunteer. Mm. A couple of seasons ago, so yeah, they've done pretty well. I know they? some people are like some people have a, a bit of a thing about Bastia, but I've always kind of admired their absolute refusal to take any shit from anybody. Well, they're, they're the Millwall of France, aren't they? You know, no one likes us, we don't care kind of attitude, yeah, isn't it? Uh, I think my favorite story is when they were still in Liga. Um, and they were being um, penalised yet again by the LFP. Their website, uh, the French version, suddenly disappeared and you could only see it in Corsican. <laughs> and the timing was extremely coincidental. Um, I just kind of like that. Yeah. It's a giant two fingers to everyone who's you know, yeah. being critical, isn't it? it? Yeah. Is, as you say... Nobody likes us. We don't care. Yeah, yeah, we do not care. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be an interesting season next year, that's for sure, because you've still got St Etienne, of course, who are finishing the table in, uh, in well, finishing and in the table, yeah. I think after the start of this season... They were in the... Uh, again, it's four down from the dirt, so they were in serious trouble. Yeah, they were, they they were right down there. Early in the season, but have managed to pull themselves back out of that, Yeah, uh, which is... You know, it's a big name. I was going to say, it's would just be wrong. Seeing them in Dirt seems wrong. So I do hope that they can, uh, you know, put together something for next Mm -hmm. season to come back up. Looking at their coaching setup and the squad that they've got there, there's a couple of players, I think, that if they do the right thing, um, by the right thing, I mean they recruit well and have a steady pre-season, I can see them challenging pretty pretty hard next season. I think this season is almost like a, you know, a bit of a, um, a bit of a sort of like, we'll just get our stuff together and then we'll see what we can do next season. And uh, they've missed Gaetan Shabani, who's been injured for the majority of the season. He'll be back at the grand old age of 34. Um, but yeah, they've they, they got a few decent younger players as they always do, Sinetti. And, and, uh, and I think the coach, is it uh, Laurent? Uh, Laurent Batty is it? That's... What's his name? I'm gonna to have to look it up now. Um, Laurent Battels, yeah. So he's he seems like um, a sort of a stable figure, which they haven't really had for a little while. So uh, former Toulouse coach, I think he's at Marseille briefly as well. So again, not since Galtier, yeah, yeah, agree, yeah, yeah, agreed. That would be a story, wouldn't it, if Galtier rocked up there again at some point? Um, but yeah, it, it, they are one of the grand old names of, of French football. It would be nice to see them back, as indeed it would be nice to see Bordeaux potentially back or all Mets for Jazz, and, and of course, Love would be a new name. So, but this time next week, we will know who is coming up and who is staying down. Um, and remember, in Ligue 2, it is two at the top of the table, um, or the two top positions. Two up, four down. Two up, four down, yes, because we are going to an 18-team structure for next season. So, yep, only two of those three will make it. Interesting to see who those are. Um, Bit of a side note, did you see, you may not have seen this, but 
was quite quite moved by um did you see uh Bel Kebler is leaving Brest after it's, it's got to be like eight or nine years he's been there and he put out a very emotional uh Instagram story early on and it, it moved me. I'm not gonna lie. It was really it's really quite emotional. So he's moving on. There's, there's quite a few players that are out of contract at French clubs and and obviously transfer stuff. I mean it's all very up in the air as to who's going where and who's doing what. But uh it is quite sad, isn't it, when you see like long term pros that that just want to move on and you know, try something new. Are you, are you worried at all about how many big names might be heading for the departure lounge? Um, it's something that it's very organic because we're seeing all of these wonderful new young yeah. players coming up and somebody's got to make way. And it feels like if you retire on the right note, mm that that's the best way to go out. Yeah. Sounds like I'm talking about <laughs> funeral. children of Grand National. Um, no, but I mean, things like um, when you think of Bastia, when they went down, um, Kazakh stayed with them. Yeah. He was going to retire and he didn't because he wanted to help bring them back up and I think he's still involved in the club, although he's not playing anymore because nearly my age um but yeah you saw you've seen various players on that final day of the season doing tearful farewells and you know with their kids and whatever and that is part of the game almost that yeah. there's these players you love that may have been at your club forever I mean I'm a Montpellier fan, so Suleiman Kamara was a big one for us. Yeah. And also Vito Elton, obviously. Oh, yeah, the legend, yeah. That's the kind of, if you can go out, if not on a high, but on a good note, Mm. then that's, you know, that's a, a good thing because Brest have... Played some great stuff this season. Yeah. They had a really good run of form coming the late end of the season. Nobody was expecting them to, you know, challenge, be top half. They're comfy. They play good stuff. They've got good players, and you should great be very proud. And clearly, it's yeah. I think it's uh, obviously Lorient are going to lose Enzo Lefay this summer, and that sort of that kind of hurts my heart because I've followed him mm. for number of years and I've been saying he's going to be good for a number of years and, and now it looks like he's going to get his move so yeah it, it is quite sad when you when you lose a very talented young player or, or a seasoned pro but uh, unfortunately that time does come and players do have to move on um, and speaking of players who are making names for themselves we should also wrap up this week's pod by talking about the national teams because um, the the main team um or the the lead uh, full squad, I should say, is fairly un, unchanged. I think there was only one one noticeable. Saliba's obviously out injured, um, so he's he's not going to be part of this squad. But most of the names are familiar. But it's the under twenty one squad that's quite interesting, isn't it? You picked out a few of those names that have come up into that because that looks like a pretty spicy little squad. Well, this is a summer where, as happens occasionally. The under-21 Euros clashes with what used to be the Toulon tournament, which is now the Tournoi Maurice Ravella. 
So they kind of have to put out two teams of espoir. And there's clearly a difference between them. And this is what I mentioned earlier, that uh, when it comes to the tournoi, uh, the France squad apparently includes Zaya Emery from PSG. He is not on their website. No. <laughs> um, so if we just look at the kind of, should we say, the official one, because obviously the under 21 Euros is an official tournament and tournament isn't. We've got some very interesting, um, a very interesting group of players here. So La Meslier, uh, Leeds fans may be essentially banging their heads against any available desk-related item. He won't be there for much longer. <laughs> he's he's one of them in there. We've got Log Bade, of course, from Sevilla. Permanent um, move as well, that is. I think he's going to stay there permanently now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as I mentioned earlier, Kenton Merlin from Nantes. Yeah. Um, and Pierre Kalulu, AC Milan. You know, we've got some players who are, are playing at the highest level in the highest kind of competitions, European mm. competitions. Well, but it's when you get to the midfielders and the attackers, it really starts to look good. Maxence Gagare, Joyce Schotter, uh, Lefay, you mentioned for Lorient. Yep. Jeff and Turam for Nice. Yep. And when we get to the attack, Barkula is in there, superb. Brian Shirky, Amin Gueri, and Wahid is in there as well. So there's a really good mix also of names if you look at it. Mm. And if you look at it, you won't see the name Paris Saint-Germain in the club level. And that is something we've been banging on about for years. But you can see there's, what, four from Lyon, two from Rennes, two from Montpellier. You've got Lille, you've got Nice, you've got all of these other clubs that are more focused on development and less focused on moon money. And I think that is a very, uh, a very important thing because the under 20 world cup is happening right now there was a lot of fuss about clubs not releasing players because it was overlapping at the end of the season mm. they're out after the group stage they lost to south korea they lost to gambia they won against honduras but that wasn't enough so the under 20s have really bombed out of this so the under 21s really have to um, show what they can do yeah. for, uh, for the Euros although one of the players from the under 20 World Cup got three goals uh, is Alan Virginius mm. who I thought played somewhere in Belgium but is apparently a Lille player uh, so we will maybe keep an eye out for him in the future. Yeah. yeah he seems to have actually been trying yeah. the defence. And 
seriously, I looked at that list of players and couldn't pick out more than one of them. No. No. I don't focus on youth football a lot, but when I'm looking at the list of the under-21s, oh, yeah. You yeah. know a lot of these guys, and they have been really important for their teams this season. Yeah, so much talent. And, and like you say, uh, t- talented players that are in form right now as well, like players that, that really are are hitting their straps. Um, be very uh, interesting to see how they do. Particularly, I have seen, I have seen talk, Chris, mm. Arsenal are interested in L.U.I. L.U.I., yeah, they've opened talks. I think football Several people have pointed out, seems a bit strange given that you have a certain other person. Well, I, I feel like that other person being Balogun. You have to pay 40 million quid for. Yeah, but I think that's the thing. I think they I think they are looking at it of Balogun wants to be a starter. Whereas I think why well, he would be more of a like, I think he would be happy to come in in what we would call the Anelka type of role where he comes in and, and works hard for his place, maybe for the first year and a half, two years, and then wrestles it away. Do you know what I mean? Like I, whereas I think Balogun is at that age now and has had that experience this season where he now just wants to play and be first choice. I think why well, he would be happy to be. Why he should play. Oh yeah, no, I, no, I agree. I, I just think if you're Wahi, then I think you're, you know, if a club like Arsenal come in for you, you're not going to say no, are you? Um, whereas I think like but Balogun if a club is like Monaco coming for you. Yeah, that's the other talk. I mean, and again, I think he'd be a good fit there. I, I actually think well, he would be very good for Arsenal in terms of you know the future as well as the here and now. I think he'd make a good impression. But yeah, one thing's for sure, I can't see Montpellier hanging on to him, unfortunately for you. But well, yeah. I think it's been made fairly clear that. He's for sale, but for the right price. Yeah, yeah. I think somebody came in with a 25 million offer in January and they were told to sling their hook. Yeah. Um, Way more available. 40 would get you a really good player. Yeah. And also, um, I you may know better than I do, but I, I imagine if somebody went to Montpellier and said, look, we'll give you 30 up front and 10 over as two seasons, I think they'd probably be happy with that as well. So although it's 40, it's not like all in one payment, whereas... I, I don't, you, you forget that um, the current president is Lulu's son. True, true, yeah. I um, think it's cashing brown envelopes or nothing. Or nothing, yeah, yeah. Which I don't think Arsenal will be very keen on, if I'm honest. But yeah, we'll, we'll watch that one closely. Um, just to... Uh, while we're on that subject, actually, just quickly, uh, Marco Asensio has decided to join PSG, apparently, so that's oh. going to happen on a free. How um, old is he? Second. How old is he? He's 27. So Marvellous. So. That will actually bring the average age down a bit, I think. Yeah, well, as will Luca Hernandez, who apparently wants to return to France. PSG are quite keen on him, so that seems... Uh, apparently, PSG he are quote... the record, or is that Taylor? That's Teo, I believe. Okay. Because Lucas has been a bit injured since the World Cup, but um, PSG are increasingly optimistic over a I'm deal. I'm talking for that. about the criminal. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, no. I think it. Hang on. No, it was Lucas, wasn't it? Or was it? No, I think it was Lucas. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, I think there was some. He was the one that was at the centre of those those issues, I believe. But it's funny how things don't 
sort of seem to go anywhere. It's a bit strange, isn't it? But um, well, yeah. Apparently, Quincy Promise has been oh, God. for smuggling nearly a ton of cocaine. So. Yeah, as you do. No. It's, it's like you're a footballer. Do you really need the money, Quincy? Do you? And this is the same Quincy Promise who what stabbed his brother or something? He had a knife and went after him. alleged, and I think it was his cousin. His cousin. Oh, well, then that's fair enough, then, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely bonkers. Um, just before we go, uh, I should just mention that French squad because we did touch on it. But yeah, the, the, the main squad is almost unchanged. Ariola, Manuel, Brissambra, the goalkeepers, Disasi, Jules Kunde, Konate, Teo Hernandez, Pavar, Uva Makano, Kamavinga, who's probably now going to be a left back. And uh, Wesley Fafana's back in, which is rather surprising given his end of season form for Chelsea. As is Furlong Mendy, he's got back in, which again hasn't played for Real Madrid for a while because of Camavinga. So that's an interesting one. Um, midfield is unchanged Fafana, Griezmann, uh, Rabio, and Shuameni. And then the attackers are Giroud, who scored a wonderful header for Milan at the weekend. If you haven't seen that, look it up. Uh, Kingsley Coman, Usman Dembele, Randall Kulamuani. Marcus Turam, Christopher Nkunku, and Kylian Mbappe. So, and they, that's for the uh, World Cup qualifiers, I think I'm right in saying, isn't it? It's not the. No idea. I've mostly been bitching at FIFA about the Women's World Cup. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's World Cup qualifiers because we've got the Euros next. Oh, actually, would it be you? No, because the Euros, yeah, Euro qualifying is done, so it would be World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So uh, those games come up quite soon, actually. I think it's mid-June. I think it's like two weeks' time uh, or ten days' time. So, yeah, there's no rest for the wicked. Even when the domestic season wraps up, it's straight into internationals. Uh, who would foresee injuries occurring? And then possibly European club qualifying. Oh God, it's just it just never ends, does it? It never ends. Um, we, however, are going to end there. Um, we will be back, of course, for the end of season uh, party or not, depending on who you support. Um, we'll probably aim to do something on sort of Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Uh, so it'll be probably be a bit earlier in the week if we can get it together. Um, but yeah, there's uh, quite a few things that remain to be seen. As we mentioned at the start or mid part of the show, the league climax is tomorrow night, so you can see that. And the Liga Climax is on the Saturday. So uh, all, all of those games at 8 p.m., don't forget. So uh, pick your poison, tune in and uh, follow who you may well be interested in going up or down. And then we'll be back next week to discuss that. Uh, and just an early heads up for the summer. We are going to take a break, as we usually do, because um, we need to get on the Sun Lounges just like the professionals do. But we will be, uh, we will be doing some specials um, throughout. We've got the Women's World Cup. To come, we've got the under twenty one tournament, under twenty sorry tournament in the uh, in the summer as well, as well as those internationals that we mentioned, and we're going to put together a couple of specials with some well known um, sort of well known people in the French football community, basically, and former professional footballers that we've got uh, lined up to have a chat to as well about some interesting topics. So we uh, we won't be as frequent throughout the summer, but we'll still be here. Um, and we'll still be kind of dropping a few um, bits and bobs here and there for you to be entertained by. So look forward to that. Um, right, Phil, uh, should we go and enjoy the sun? I think it's probably a good, good thing yeah. to do, isn't it? Although I've got another podcast to do in an hour, I'm not going to lie. So, <laughs> Right, uh, well, thank you very much for your time this evening. Much appreciated. Thank you. And uh, as I say, we'll, we'll be back next week where I'm sure Jez will be back with us as well. And he'll either be a very happy Jez or... A very somber jazz. Who knows? Jazz. 
you or Jess, absolutely. But good luck to Mets and uh, those teams in Liga. Good luck to those fighting out in Liga. And whichever game you do choose to watch, enjoy your French football for the last time this season. And we'll speak to you very soon.